JRPG fantasy and art lovers, do you love high fantasy and the amazing art that goes along with it? Well, we have your source for amazing t-shirts, sketchbooks, and bookmarks, all done by a pop culture architect, Talon Dunning. Take a look at his store at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash the fantastic gallery. Talon has his great work there for great prices. If you like fighters, wizards, paladins, even game masters, he's got the shirt for you to show your love of all of your characters. Go ahead and take a look at his store, The Fantastic Gallery, and grab a piece of art today. The Fantastic Gallery at Etsy.com. Like, oh my god, getting me with a spoon. It's the 80s again. Chris and Larry talk about what would make the ultimate 80s movie to them. And they talk about Doritos Cool Ranch flavor. They also came out in the 80s. They're pretty tasty, actually. Really never had them before today, and uh, I'm not that big of a Chris fan. So, folks, put on your thriller jacket and your parachute pants, do up your hair with four cans of hair plaster, and chill out on the credenza to another Achieving Rally the podcast. See you at the end. This one cut out. Yeah, she just said it was the last thing and it was in. This one makes it funny. Alright. Hey, Larry. <laughs> hey, Chris. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I saw some really cool TV last night. Ooh, that's a good segue. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I don't have a segue. And uh, I'm too fat to ride one. You like Paul Bart. Um, yeah. No, he knows how to ride a Segway. I'd follow my face. He's on his three-wheelers. <laughs> I like the, the sit-down one. There's a, there's one you can actually sit down and ride. It's called Rascals. N- no, no. It's it's bisexual. It's bisexual. <laughs> there is bisexual Segway. <laughs> it's a Segway with reverse. It goes both ways. Uh, I quit. <laughs> New from Air Products. <laughs> Yeah. Cute music. <laughs> your coaster's trying. Yeah, bottom. I know. It's smaller, so it's it's actually fitting underneath the... <clears throat> it's going to get stuck to the bottom. So we were watching um, Me TV. Me TV. Me TV last night. What's Me TV? It's old school television programs like Antenna TV, which is all 50s, 60s, 70s stuff. And then Antenna goes into the 80s. So we saw one day at a time, a couple of those last night. We saw no, small. no, no Schneider though. Disappointed. We saw small no Schneider. wonder. Oh, no, we saw small wonder. Small wonder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but the the ones we were, I was really excited about, were Superman. the two old Supermans. These were the ones in color. It was so so funny though. I mean, it was like they were comedy episodes. It was so funny. One guy was all pissed off. He just got out of the clink, and. Uh, he was put there by uh, Superman, but also, of course, by, spoilers, Clark Kent. So he's threatening Clark. <laughs> and he goes to his his dumpy hotel where he's living, and he's like, I hate living here. It's like, but he just spent like 10 years in jail. And I'm like, this is a big step up from, you know, three hots and a cot. I'm just saying, dude. And uh, the guy, his buddy... Yeah, but the reason he's living there is because of the time he spent in jail. He wouldn't be living there if it was for going to jail. Right. 
Well, his his buddy. But his, his buddy, he says, "I've never spent time in the big house. I only spent time in the local hokey pokies, hokey pokies." Put your right hand in, you take your right hand out. It's a very complicated line. jail system. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, you never go in all at once. <laughs> we push your lunch in the slot, we take it right back out, because you're fucked. And, uh, and, sorry, I'm really derailing my own train now. <laughs> your train has rails? <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> it's a crazy train. <laughs> Chipper's up. Yeah. And he goes, so what'd you miss when you were up the river? He goes, lemon meringue pie. Fair enough. So, well, let me tell you what the basis of this actual story was. It was about a guy who was trying to get revenge on Superman and Clark Kent. No. That's what's even funnier. That just happens to be the secondary story. <laughs> the primary story is some bumpkin from the middle of Nowheresville. Smallville? <laughs> no. I, I think they call it like Clicksville or something? Clicksville, yeah. Very segregated population. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of turn around in little groups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all still in high school. And uh, he comes in, and it's the first time he's ever been in the big city. And uh, He came from Uncle Jesse's. Yeah, he's this big dude. And actually, if, if you saw him, the guy who played him, you'd be like, hey, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Because he always plays big, big strapping... Mean guys he usually plays like cops and things like that too. He's got a square jaw. You know. should never be able to pull his name out. No, I can't pull his name out of my head. In my head, no, because there's too much other crap in there. His name is like Sylvester L. Superman. His name is Superman. Yes, his last name is Superman, and he's really strong. Uh, so, that would be a horrible disguise. Yeah. So it's really funny. He comes in. He goes to stay at the same hotel as the criminal guy. But he, he came all this way with his mule, Effie. and uh, Crypto, the Wonder Mule. Crypto, the Wonder Mule. And uh, he's like, well, if you're really the real Superman, here, bend this. He's like, oh, shucks. They told you I can bend anything? And he bends a crowbar and a, a shoehorn. <laughs> You know, just like Superman would. The, the criminal guy used to live next to this one girl. He used to cut her grass. <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, to thank him, they'd pay him a couple of bucks. And which, you know, in the 50s was a lot of money. And they'd give him a piece of this lemon. Well, maybe back in the black and white era. But in the color era. Well, it's still, you know, when, when you're broke, it's a lot of money. They'd always give him a slice of this lemon meringue pie that she made. And so he goes to the old house, finds out where she lives. She's getting married to an airman who's stationed in Alaska by himself in a radio hut. So she makes this pie. He comes in and sees it. And he's like, oh, I've got to have this pie. And then she's like, no, I told my husband I would never make another lemon meringue pie for anyone but him. And I'm like, this is ridiculously stupid. You don't ever know. So she puts an ad in the paper getting Superman to come to her house so she could say, could you take this to Alaska while it's still fresh? And find the one guy in the hut. And find the one, well, he's Superman, he could do that. And find the one guy in the hut. And, and so, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's hard to find one guy in a hut. <laughs> and uh, so... Oh. So, so this country... So this uh, country bumpkin 
answers the letter, but so does Clark Kent. The country bumpkin shows up as this guy is threatening her. You know, I'm gonna take this cake anyways. Dum, 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 and opens the door, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Superman. And, and she's like, uh, really? Because <laughs> you can tell her, he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> So while while Superman comes, so she put her address in the ad. Comes, yeah, she did. Wouldn't happen today. No, she did actually. And so Superman comes in and into her apartment. The redneck Superman. Yeah, the redneck Superman comes in and and says, Marge says to Superman, I need you to move this piano. Oh yeah, to prove that he's so he picks up a player piano like this (laughs) and goes and moves it over. And she can't believe that because she says... She goes, well, I guess you really are a Superman. Yeah, because originally it took four men just to move the piano. Yeah, he goes, especially a player piano. He goes, they must have been real small men. <laughs> so what's the criminal doing at this? Well, he left. Oh. He left because he was scared. I'll of be back for the pie. Pretty much. And uh, then Clark Kent comes to the door and knocks. She's like, wow, you know, you know, this is like Grand Central Station here. Shows up, it's Clark Kent. And, Clark uh, Kent or Superman? It's Clark, Clark Kent. Kent. Clark Kent. And she goes, oh, Clark, you're here. <laughs> that wasn't part of it. <laughs> that would have made it funnier. <laughs> oh, Clark, you're here. <laughs> oh, damn, lady. <laughs> uh, I'd like you to meet Superman. He goes, oh, Superman's here. Really? She's like, oh, yeah. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, hey, how you doing? I'm Superman. He goes, well, it's nice to finally meet you, Superman. Big grin on his face. I mean, you can tell he's like, this is funny as hell. <laughs> and uh, she tells the redneck Superman, I want you to fly this to Alaska. And, and uh, so, I'll try. Yeah, so they go outside and the guy, the criminal guy is waiting outside. He's like, give me that pie. And uh, and the big and Clark standing there. This is more there. of an Aquaman job, really. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Clark's standing there, and uh, they don't like each other, of course. He goes, just let him go, and because the, the big guy's like, I'm taking this pie to Alaska, and they ain't nobody gonna stop me. And he just basically walks off with his mule. This mule goes everywhere with him, by the way. Well, they cut to Alaska in the hut. And you see the one lone airman just kind of, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go crazy. You know, he's not saying anything, but he's just like staring like this. The radio's destroyed. He's building a spaceship. (laughs) And there's a knock on the door. And it's Superman, the redneck guy. And uh, he's like, am I dreaming? Is this real? He goes, oh, the pie's real. And he, they're talking. He goes, well, why don't you taste it? And he sticks his finger in and he tries it. He goes, that's Marge's meringue. And he's like, well, come on in. And he's like, okay, well, let me bring Effie in, too. And I'm like, holy shit. This thing. He had, like, socks over his. Uh... Yeah, he had socks on her ears and stuff. <laughs> we got to keep warm. Yeah. It was just so funny. I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You just did. Well, no, there's more to it. But it was just—it was just so funny. We also watched Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's on Wonder Woman with Martin Mull. Martin Mull as the Pied Piper. Every '70s show had Martin Mull on it at one point in time. Yeah, and uh, this was horrible. <laughs> Martin Mull never does anything horrible. The uh, the uh, Wonder Woman part was all right, but 
the character of the Pied Piper was horrible. He basically would play the instrument to 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 get to to basically. He play, played jazz flute. Yeah, though he called it rock and roll. But uh, the girl that play a little Jethro Tull for you. No, no, it was it was bad. I still think the girl that he tried to convince to do everything. I think she must have been a Brady, but I'm not 100 percent sure. How would you not be 100 percent sure if it was a Brady or not? She wasn't a Brady. She looked like a Brady to me, but I. I she wasn't a Brady because I didn't recognize her name. I would have recognized the Brady name. You would have? Yeah. She looked like one to me, though. Look, that's fine. There's a lot of people that look well, like we Brady's. Can, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Hey, what was his name? Hamlin. Hamlin Rule. Hamlin Rule. Yeah. Hamlin. Hamlin Rule. That's but they just said, he just called me Ham. I'm like, no thanks. I'll call you Hamlin because otherwise I'd get hungry. I can't call you that. would be kosher. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marissa's right. Eve Plume is Elena. She was a uh, a Brady? Jan. See? Oh, that's she was Jan. See, that's what I thought. Well, there you go. So yeah, I was right there. <laughs> Fine. You, you're one, okay, you're one for, for, for 180 billion. Oh, be quiet. Cue music. <laughs> How would you create the ultimate 80s film? I wouldn't. There. Cue music. <laughs> well, it depends. On? Well, I was thinking about this. So have I. Oddly okay. enough. You got two types of 80s movies. Okay. You got movies like Aliens, which are movies that happen to be made in the 80s. Yeah. Then you've got the 80s movies that embrace the whole 80s culture. Yeah, like 16 Candles and, and uh, Breakfast Club, stuff like that. So I'm going to assume that we mean that kind of 80s movie. But yeah, not just you movies also made have, in the 80s. You also have, you mean like a comedy or a sci-fi movie or the buddy cop movie or the... Well, that's why it would be... An action movie. I mean, each no, one have it, different criteria. It's It's got to be... So you had to make this harder than it was. The mean? movie I'm just, thinking just of... pick a genre. The quintessential, when you say the quintessential 80s movie to somebody from our time period, they're not thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I really love Turner and Hooch. It's a good example. But that's not a quintessential 80s movie. Yeah, it is. Not, not to me. It's Have not. you seen it? Yes. And it still holds up today. It's a so cop so. and his dog. It's very 80s. But... Not, when, as, not as 80s as a canine, but... <laughs> but when you say, you know, give me an 80s movie, the first thing that's going to pop into my head... Is like The Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. Those are the things that I think of as 80s movies. So that's my genre. I guess teen angst or whatever the hell you want to call it. I think of movies like Weird Science. Where you can't extract the 80s from the movie. It's so ingrained. From the costuming to the music to the actors. Well, but see, I find that falls into that same... I mean, it's not the same genre, but that, yeah, that does fall into the same 80s movie. But, like, you think Aliens. Well, that's you're a not movie gonna... that happened to be made in the Exactly. 80s. And I think the same thing of Turner and Hooch. It e. just e. happens to be a movie that happened to be made in the 80s. I think E.T. is a movie that happened to be made in the 80s. It was great when we were kids. It was, oh, my God, it's E.T. You know? But uh, that was you shitting your pants. But uh, not you personally, but, you know, in general. Uh, unless you did. Not yet. <laughs> I mean that. Not the carpet. <laughs> Not yet. 
But, uh, you know, those are the things. I, actually, weirdly enough, I always think that E.T. was the 70s. It was early 80s, like 83. So Return of the Jedi. 83. Yeah, that's probably why. Because I think, st- which is also odd, because the, the second two of the Star Wars original trilogy were in the 80s. One was 80. <laughs> One was 83. Technically made in 79, so. But it was put out in 80. It was we, a Sadie's movie. A Sadie's movie. So I think Weird Science. What's the other one? Real Genius. Mm-hmm. The other ones I mentioned, John Hughes stuff, is 80s. I, honestly, when someone says, you want to see an 80s movie, the first thing that pops in my mind is like The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles and stuff like that. I don't know. I have a thing from Holly Ringwald, I guess. I guess you do. Uh, so he's got a thing for John Cryer <laughs> uh, who at the time was playing some odd parts who John Cryer yeah. he's playing all the parts that Matthew Broderick wouldn't take we want a Matthew Broderick type get John Cryer that's that's what I think of he's like the geeky Matthew Broderick can you do that John Cryer can could not so much anymore he probably could pull it off still they kind of looked alike back in the 80s but they don't no so that's true anymore. but so if I was going to make the ultimate 80s movie would it be, is it modern day or just if we were in the 80s still making right. it? Okay. Because right. you don't get all these 80s actors that's going to make this John oh. Hughes knockoff. I was going to say, so well. we could, I would just find the same age group of actors that are out there now and put them in there. Though, unfortunately, a lot of the actors now, if you stuck them in something like that, I don't know if they would know what to do. What's wrong with the youth of the day? Well, they can't act like 80s actors. No, no, I'm <laughs> no. If you found the uh, Anthony Michael Hall today, it looks nothing like the Anthony Michael Hall of the '80s. No, no, I'm not talking about the actual guy. Oh, who's Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah, who would the person who would be the Anthony Michael Hall of today is more emo than the Anthony Michael Hall of that time period. The guy who played McLovin was kind of the Anthony Michael Hall of yeah, for one movie. Well, he did that in a couple movies. Did he? What was the one where they? The only one I know him in doing is the the one the McLovin thing. That was but it. Was also, in the one with Paul Rudd, the um, the one where they have to be big brothers and they wind up at the LARPing event dressed as Kiss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Role models, which was horrible. Yeah, they had some moments of horribleness. But it was a bit cutesy though. Right, you got to. In all honesty, you know, role models would be kind of like a modern '80s movie. Because you have that band of misfits, they get together and they have that emotional, heartwarming subplot going through it. You know, they spent most of the time making fun of it and poking fun at themselves and being assholes to everyone and everything. Yeah, police academy. <laughs> but that, <laughs> but that, those are meant to be stupid and and comedic. Well, so is role models. But not if you're saying it's both. See, like. We just switched gears. We went from the, from what I consider the quintessential '80s movie to the quintessential '80s comedy. And there's a huge gulf between them. There's semi-serious acting and whatnot going on, and you know, and very emo kind of stuff. And then there's a dude making noises. Well, no, I was comparing role models to Police Academy. Yeah, <clears throat> as being like a modern-day '80s movie. Yeah, the modern age comedy. I'm talking about if you wanted to do like a 16 Candles or something now. Yeah, I guess I Twilight? It. No. 
as oh. close as we can get. No, I'm sure they exist, like Juno, maybe. So, okay, so needless so to you, say... you want to make a John Hughes movie... I would make a John Hughes movie. ...as your quintessential 80s movie. Yes, I would. Because those are the ones that I remember the most from the time period. I watched all the comedies and blah, 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 and everything, but when I think 80s, those are the ones that... When when you mentioned it to me, that was the, those were the first movies that popped into my head. All right, so who do you put in it? Pretty much everybody that was in it. Same people? Yeah. That's a very interesting conversation. <laughs> uh, Molly Ringwald, Doug Nelson, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. I'd probably throw Rob Lowe in there. The Matthew Broderick guy. <laughs> I'd probably throw Rob Lowe in there. You know, I mean, if I wanted to do it, I'd probably throw Rob Lowe and the Matthew Broderick guy. John Cryer. John Cryer and Matthew Broderick. Then people get confused. That's fine. I don't you care if they're confused. One of them had to wear a hat. They both wear hats a lot sometimes, though. John Cryer wears them more, though. Or did. John Cryer gets to wear a hat. So he gets to wear the hat. His little pork pie hat, too, because that's the one he likes. And... It's the one that John Hughes liked to see him in. And Robert Downey Jr. Of course, but he would play a odd, offbeat, kind of secondary character that would kind of come in every so often. Like in Weird Science. And I think that would be my my cast of the... uh, A young Dana Carvey as Robert Downey Jr.'s friend. No. I wanted to give him some work. He does stand up still, so yeah, they make it perfect. But a secondary character's sidekick. The secondary character doesn't need a sidekick. He just comes you in every. Some... Weird science. I don't care. It's my movie. <laughs> he doesn't have one in this one. Yes, he does. John Cryer. That can be his secondary sidekick. The two of them. Okay. So, you know, and then Matthew Broderick when he comes, he's not a main. I mean, there's a lot of secondaries in this. But, you know, they all have their part. So this would be before Ferris Bueller. Yeah, this is just, this is pre-Bueller. Pre-Bueller. <laughs> Pre-Bueller. <laughs> Pre-Bueller. Pre-Bueller. So, uh, yes, it's pre-Bueller. It had its comedic moments. So you're basically wanting to remake Breakfast Club. Yeah. Okay, so what makes it specifically 80s other than the cast? <laughs> because of what... What goes on? And I, I was, weirdly enough, when I was going through high school, which went from 80s into the 90s, I was the kind of creepy chick. <laughs> I was a guy. You were the Molly Ringwald? No. You are the Ali Sheedy? Yeah. Oh. I was more like her than anything else. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really goth, because you can't be in a military school. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, dark green. <laughs> I'm going to wear navy blue. You already have to wear navy blue. Navy or blue? Navy or blue. We have a navy or? I'm going midnight blue. So I was kind of that person, and then later I turned into the bully. The Judd Nelson. Yeah, the Judd Nelson. But I was always a mix of Allie's character, Judd's character, and Anthony Michael Hall's character. So I was an amalgam of those three. A goth bully nerd. (laughs) I was a, a... a bully goth, a, n- a nerdy goth bull. There's probably an online survey you can take about which breakfast <laughs> you are. I'll, I'll look it up while we're doing this. But uh, yeah, that's that's where it fits for me. I mean, what about you? I mean, when I think of the question, what well, would be the ultimate '80s movie? Yeah, I'm thinking of something just steeped in that '80s culture, where it's kind of like the clothes and the music and all that takes like precedent over the movie itself. It's like so firmly ingrained in the movie that you could never separate. 
One of the ones I think about, and you're going to laugh because it's funny, is Earth Girls Are Easy. That was a funny movie. And I mean, it's... And that was Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was in that. Damon Wayans. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum. What Breakfast Club character are you? <laughs> so go on. We'll do that at the end. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum was definitely very active in the 80s. Gina Davis was just getting active in the 80s. Not so much for Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans. But well, Damon Wayans, yeah. Another, another 10 years, that'd be Ace Ventura and uh, yeah. Blank Man. Oh, yeah, Blank Man. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, and, in Living Color. And Julie Brown. Downtown Julie Brown. No. No, the other Julie Brown. Julie Brown. The real Julie Brown. Yeah. The, uh... I'm just a blonde. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had a crush on uh, Dina Davis back in the Beetlejuice, Earth Girls Are Easy era. She was cute. Okay. And she's into archery, so... She, she's amazing. I've seen her. Holy shit. I'm like, um, yeah, don't give her a stick. She might be able to kill you from 100 yards without the bow. So that's what you think you're... That's what I think of when I think of a quintessential 80s movie. Because other ones I think of, you know, like the Deadpool you were talking about yeah. in another episode. I mean, it's some 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But with I, Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey. But I don't... You know, the 80s doesn't play as big a role in it. But no, but it takes place in the 80s. It takes place in the 80s. And you and can tell because it's, it's severely entrenched I mean, it's in the 80s. An, 80s. an 80s movie, but it's not... No, but it's an adult 80s movie. But like Earth Girls Are Easy, the 80s is almost a character in and of itself. Yeah. And the loud colors and everything. But oddly enough, I, I feel like Cobra is the same way. Not like Deadpool, where... Which we need to review that sometime. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Cobras is dripping with 80s. I want your eyes, pig! Yeah, we had the, the psychopathic killer who we have no sympathy for, for being a psychopath. Right. First off, let's... Clean, clean. Well, you're crazy in the 80s. You're you, just You're crazy. a crazy, evil person. We have no sympathy for you. Exactly. We don't try and show the crazy person's humanity at any point during this No, movie. no, no. No, you're a crazy, homicidal maniac. We're going to send our most brutal cop after you. Yep. And it has Stallone in it. Of course. I mean, with two 1911 45s with Cobras on the Pearl Grips. Mm-hmm. I want those guns so bad. <laughs> they are... Just gorgeous. One of the great things about the 80s is that you could have cops with customized weaponry. Yeah, not nowadays where it's it's either a Glock well, or a... Somebody else had Pearl Grip handled pistols. Uh, it wasn't uh, Clint because he just had... Was it Sledgehammer? Yeah. <laughs> it may have been Sledgehammer. <laughs> it might have been. Because I know Clint just had the Model 29 44 Magnum with the regular wood. I mean, he... Right out of the box. Mm. Oh, here's my gun. <laughs> He had a stack of them by his desk. <laughs> this one needs cleaning. Grab me another one. Grab me a fresh one. Grab me a fresh one. You know, it might have been Sledgehammer. It might have been. I can't think of anyone else that was a cop that had pearl-handled or ivory-handled uh, grips. Yeah, yeah. Cobra. He had, had the hot car. And, oh, that, that car was... Oh, fucking amazing. And all the pithy one-liners. Boom, boom. Fire shooting out. Oh, Getting hard just thinking about it. Keep that to yourself. Well, we'll poke you in a minute. No, no. <laughs> you know, let me tighten my pant legs down. I'll say cue music right around. <laughs> <laughs> Dink, cue <Q> music. 
Yeah, I love that movie. I've seen it like 20 times. But yeah, you have all the montages of the bad guys are going around stalking and killing people, intercut with Brigitte Nielsen yeah. doing her modeling. So you have the pseudo new wave music playing and click, 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 flash, 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 bikini, bikini, murder, bikini. <laughs> <laughs> bikini, bikini, murder, bikini, bikini. Oh, that's such a great movie. Yeah, they don't do montages like they did in the 80s now. That is, that's the quintessential cop movie right there. The brutal quintessential cop movie. Not the Eastwood, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I love all the Eastwood stuff. I mean, all this Dirty Harry stuff is just, you know, it's just great. Harry Callahan, probably one of my favorite movie cops out there. But Cobra. Hey, you know, take that toothpick out of your mouth. Oh, you wouldn't understand me anyway. So, oh, no, a match. It was a matchstick. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because he uses that at the end. Spoilers. That car is just so hot. He had kind of like the anti-one-liners in his... Yeah. They were just kind of not really funny, but funny because he's the one that said them. Uh, yeah. It was, I was like, Cobra, you got an attitude problem. Yeah, but it's just a little one. Yeah, it's just a little one. Take that matchstick out of No, I tell you, you wouldn't understand me anyway. What? No, no. This was back during his period where he only played people with five-letter names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rocky. Cobra. Mm-hmm. Rambo. Rambo. Oscar. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Dread. That wasn't the 80s. That was the 90s. I know. <laughs> I'm just stretching a premise. Oh. Really thin. Really thin. Oh, there it goes. You broke so what? So that so you would do an Earth Girls Are Easy style movie? In my mind, if I'm thinking, thinking it's quintessential eighties movie, it's gonna be some sort of wacky thing going on with two nerdy teenagers and some. It's gotta be science. a gotta be a scene at a dance club somewhere, maybe a dance off. What a was break, it? Just breaking, off. breaking. We can do electric boogaloo. Yeah, we can do that. But yeah, there's a dance off in Earth Girls Are Easy. Is there? Yeah, Damon Wayans and some other dude. I don't remember that part. It was in the movie. You should watch it. I remember that they were uh, all covered in fun fur at one point. In time. Yeah. <laughs> that had to have been hot. You think it was hot? Not that kind of hot. <laughs> Thanks, Klaus. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a certain amount of wackiness to it. The other one I would think of is Buckaroo Banzai. See, I don't think that's quintessentially 80s. That's a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And I put cult classics in a completely different area of storage. Not to say Buckaroo Banzai couldn't be made today. It could be made today. But it couldn't be made in the same way today. No. It would have a completely different feel to it. Just like when they redid Total Recall. They had left it alone. It was fine. It was not great, but it was fine. Now, with Buckaroo Banzai, if they redid it now, it would be insanely CGI'd. Can't say that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it, but I like practical effects too, so. Yeah. But uh, it would be really pretty cool. But it would feel different. Oh, yeah. It'd feel completely different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'd probably use, you know, a Lamborghini or whatever for the spaceship car thing. No, they'd probably go with some sort of similar vehicle. You think? Well, yeah, because it had to have a lot of equipment built into it. True. DeLorean. (laughs) I think that's been done. No. I think it would be good. A Suzuki Samurai. That actually might work. Maybe. Hi. <laughs> yeah. 
that's another one. Cannonball Run would probably be up there in the, with the quintessential 80 movies. Cannonball Run, sort of. I give it a sort of because I, I picture it more as a 70s holdover. It is a 70s holdover. But in the way it's shot and the costuming and everything that's going on in there, there is a certain 80s feel to it. Now, when you're thinking about the cast list, it's very 70s. Yeah. Because when I think 80s, I think Dean Martin, <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr., Dom DeLuise, Jamie Farr. All big 80s icons. <laughs> hey, without them, there would be no Love Boat. No, there's still be a Love Boat. <laughs> I'm still of the opinion we should bring Love Boat back. They tried that once and it didn't work. We should do it again. They need to bring back Fantasy Island. They did that. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, they brought it back too dark. No, not dark enough. <laughs> no, they need to bring it back. No, 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 you're right. They did. It's called Lost. And that was terrible. Fancy Island. <laughs> Every week a cruise ship shows up. <laughs> Dropping off new people on the island. Like, wait, wait stop. We, we need to get back. <laughs> no, no, these guys will be dead before the end of the week. <laughs> That would have been a great ending to Lost, though. If they made it to the other side of the island and found Mr. Rourke. <laughs> Hello. This explains a lot. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? I never did understand Fantasy Island. Was it a drug-induced fantasy? I thought it was black magic. You think? Well, they always made very mysterious references to Mr. Rourke and, you know. Tattoo? No, it was and tattoo. Mr. Belvedere later? Well, I always kind of pictured Tattoo as kind of this familiar. Then what happened to Tattoo that they had to bring in Mr. Belvedere? He didn't like that. It was He got too familiar? He leveled. He leveled, got too <laughs> familiar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mr. Rourke, Mr. Rourke leveled. He got uh, the new Corinthian leather well, cape. Well, he was already epic level, so it took him a while to get to his next level. Yeah. Well, he didn't have the Corinthian leather cape. Once he got that, boom, level. Tool around the island in his <laughs> the Cordoba. Cordoba. Sweet. <laughs> That's so cool. So if anybody wants to pay us to recreate Fantasy Island. Yeah. It'll only cost you like, I don't know, eight Or million. Love Boat. Yeah, or Love Boat. <laughs> that should be another. We'll, we'll stop the recorders and do another one. <laughs> Who so, would you cast on the new Love Boat? <laughs> Cue music. yet. Hey! Do you remember the 80s? Hey, I remember the 80s. Alright. Freedom Rock! <laughs> I thought that was the 70s. It came out in the 80s. What came out in the 80s? That Freedom Rock, man? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up! I always wanted somebody to buy that for me. I always wanted that set. I really well, did. If you can get a track listing, I can put it together for you. Well, I can put it together. I have a lot of the stuff that was on there already. Okay, I mentioned the 80s because... <laughs> mentioned Freedom Rock! Because we have... <laughs> Doritos! Not just Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos. I actually looked this up like 30 seconds ago. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Doritos. They were launched nationally in 1967. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's a weird sight. <laughs> I know. Taco-flavored Doritos were introduced nationally in 1968. Which rock? 
Four years later, national distribution began of nacho cheese flavored Doritos. Which also are good. Uh, for a short time in the 70s, they had sour cream and onion. Really? Yeah. I would have liked to have tried that. But those were discontinued in the early 80s, so we're not going to be reviewing those. No. A sesame seed flavor was also available for a short time in the 70s. That had to have been only in uh, Japan or something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, but... I mean, corn chips with a sesame seed flavor? Mm -hmm. And then, in 1986, Cool Ranch flavored Doritos. These are from 1986, so we get to see what they taste like now. No, they're not. <laughs> it's like, ah, bite into it. Cue music! Cue music! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Actually, be more like... <laughs> like, dink. <laughs> so, Cool Ranch Doritos. 1986. Now, I remember that Cool Ranch Doritos coming out. Would you like to open those now? Go, keep talking. No, because then you'll sit there and crinkle. I'll stop. <laughs> I remember Cool Ranch Doritos coming out. They used to have the clear window in the front, mm -hmm. uh, and the nacho cheese had it too, so you could see the Dorito. Mm -hmm. And it also made me not buy a lot of bags, because you could also see that they only put like three Doritos in it. <laughs> but they had the front, the, the front window. The, of course, the logo was different. They've changed the logo like four times since then. <laughs> Four times since Tuesday. <laughs> Probably. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Mountain Dew. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no. Mountain Dew changes theirs like daily. Per bottle. Yeah. It's Mountain Dew. It's Mountain Dew again. It's Mountain could have done more. Mountain didn't do anything at all. The poor graphics department over there is like. Wait, even poor. They're they're raking it in. Woo! No, they're just still getting paid minimum wage. Yeah. We need a new logo. I just gave you a new logo. I need another new logo. Another new logo. Why don't you get started on that third new logo? So one for the bottle, one for the can, one for the cap, one for the one for the other kind of bottle. Seven types of bottles they sent it out in. Yeah. So I had to pick it up. I I I used to love them, and I ate them to the point where I got sick. Now I had to kill them. Yeah. No, I ate them to the point where I got sick of them. So I, I literally have not had a Cool Ranch Dorito in... Your opinion may be tainted. 28 years, maybe? Maybe, <laughs> maybe more? <laughs> That's a long time there, Larry. Yeah, it's been a while. So, can I open them? Yes, open them. Poop! Oh, <laughs> that on the carpet! <clears throat> like usual... They smell it, like Cool Ranch. <laughs> yes, it's not, and it's only half full of the bag. Well, of course. Dun. But this is one of the flavor fads of its tall. They come around like once a year. Yeah, they still taste the same. Ranch became like huge after this was released. I mean, ranch had been around for a while. You know, no, I mean, ranch dressing has been around forever. But when Cool Ranch Doritos came out, then we started getting ranch this and ranch that and ranch that. And it's still, still going on, ranch everything, you know? Kind of like when Jalapeno first made it big. Jalapeno. Mm -hmm. Everything had to come out with a jalapeno flavor. I think even Doritos had one. They did. And they still do. Jalapeno pepper jack. <laughs> and on the bag for the jalapeno pepper jack right now is the Incredible Bulk. Well, Thor's on one flavor and Iron Man's on the nacho cheese. And yeah, Thor's on this, but I didn't buy it. No, I think Captain America's on Ghoul Ranch. Oh. I think Thor Thor's on spicier nacho. Whatever. It's spicy. Because you had lightning. All the girls dig Thor. They do. They like the blonde hair. But the, yeah, these and are, the big hammer. 
Thirdly. And when I say hammer, I'm... Anyway. <laughs> I mean big penis! No Captain Hammer. <laughs> no Captain Hammer references. <laughs> but these were huge when they came out. People were all gaga over, oh, have you tried the new Doritos or Doritos? But they're different. Now Doritos releases a new flavor every other week. Yeah. These aren't half bad. I mean, it's been years since I've had them, so... I like them. I like the um, Doritos tacos over at Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. You get the Dorito shells in there. Doritos, but taco shells. Yeah. And they have the Cool Ranch version, too. They do. Is it as good as you remember? Actually, it does taste different. I think it was more ranchy back when we were younger. I don't know. Let me me get one from the bottom of the bag here. I just wanted to touch everything. I I know you do that. (laughs) It was like Little Debbie's, you know? Little Debbie's get smaller every third Thursday. (laughs) They're not bad. Like ice cream sandwiches used to be. Oh, who? Compared to what they are today, they used to be huge. Oh, yeah. Our sandwiches now are like snacks. We were smaller then, too. I thought about that, but no, it's not. They are getting smaller and smaller. It's like comic books. What do you mean? Well, comic books used to be like 10 cents for 78 pages. And yeah, but like, they used to only come out five four times a year. Now they come $5 out $5 for 22 pages. Yeah, but now they come up weekly or bi-weekly. You very rarely find a comic book that only comes out once a month now. These are tasty. I like them. Cool Ranch Doritos came out the same year as Aliens. Which is aged better? Aliens. Oh, I still like these. These, you make the recipe, you don't change it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they, they change everything. Everything changes. Everything changes, damn it! I think that's really the point you're getting to, right? Now, be careful. This contains milk ingredients. It says so on the bag. That would be the creamy ranch side of it. How about this? This little ingredient listed here. Just about citric acid. Uh huh. Spice. <laughs> Make a deal with the Fremen. Got some spice. <laughs> no wonder I can't eat just one. Are my eyes blue? That's why the bag's blue. <laughs> Don't go outside. Artificial color, including red 40, blue 1, and yellow 5. There's like 40 drops of red, one drop of blue, five drops of yellow. That's Doritos color. That works. <laughs> I'll have to try that when I get home. I'll get the red, blue, and yellow paint. And the 40 drops of red, <laughs> one drop of blue. I don't think it works that way. Sure, it's, just, it's a recipe. Sure. That's kind of fun to think about. These have been around for so long now, they just don't give it a second thought. But was a time in our lifetimes not yours, listeners, necessarily. Where these didn't exist, this was a big deal. Yeah. When they came out, so you said they came out in 86? Mm-hmm. So I was at Woodward. I mean, there had only been the original taco, which kind of went away. Which shouldn't have gone away, because when they brought it back in the original packaging, it was, uh, awesome. it was great. I wish it would come back again. I wish it would stay. I remember they used to... Uh, oh, we had nacho cheese, and apparently sour cream and onion. And sesame. I don't ever remember sesame. It had. It couldn't have been all over. It couldn't have been a national release. Well, it's in the seventies. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it was a national release. Well, I mean, you remember it either. I remember a lot from the seventies. Coming like seventy-two. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't remember that. You might though. Oh, I know. I'm eleven days older than you. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, happy belated birthday. Yeah. Howard, too. <laughs> so, do they hold up? Well, not under your teeth. <laughs> well, you got to leave them out a while. Do you remember? That kind of September. <laughs> no. <laughs> when they used to do their commercial, they used to talk about the crunch. They used to say, you know, they had a specific sound. Oh. If I saw it, probably. I could probably, I could probably find it on YouTube. Well, it wasn't one commercial. It was in a lot of their commercials. But they were like, do you get that sound of the Dorito? We've been to do that segment anyway. Might as well do it now. The crunchy sound of the Dorito? Yes, that one. I can't tell you how many late nights I've spent to have <laughs> a crunch of Doritos. Oh. Here we go. Mm. I remember those. Those were good. Jack Cheese Doritos. Because millions of Americans couldn't be wrong. Hey, we're not talking brain cells here. We're talking taste buds. Doritos knows Jack about cheese. Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Talking Doritos. Before he got the Tonight Show. Just barely. Got two more years. This is one from 1984. What's the difference between a little fun and a lot? At last. Definitely. Definitely. Still not the one you were talking about. No. Maybe I'm wrong. But I do remember them talking about the crunch of a Dorito. I believe you. I've got this delicious dilemma. I've always loved my Doritos tortilla chips. I just love that. But now there's another Dorito that we go. too. Extra crispy Doritos. That same great Doritos taste, but different. So what makes extra crispy so extra crispy? Well, they start out thinner, and then they're toasted to a crisp. So what's my delicious dilemma? Well, should I crunch or should I crisp? Extra crispy Doritos tortilla chips. They're crisp. Oh, I'm happy those have been <laughs> off the market. That sucked. Oh, woman, What was that? Cue music? Cue music? Okay. Cue sure. music. Uh, you, want to, you want me to do this? Oh, yeah. Which Breakfast Club character are you? <clears throat> the teacher. What was your favorite subject in high school? Recess. Lunch. <laughs> recess, home economics, 2 p.m. when the bell rang. What school did you go to? <laughs> Math, P.E. or P.E. Let's see. Um, 2 p.m. when the bell rang. That was fifth period. In, uh, in high school? Hmm. I guess I'll say 2 p.m. when the bell rang, even though that was fifth period. <laughs> All right. See, I, think uh, I had algebra at that point, so no. <laughs> I had English. No, I had fifth period off, and then I had English sixth period. I didn't have any time off. 
what did you watch after school? Voltron. That's not one of the choices. Haha. <laughs> not on here, it's not. Inspector Gadget. Transformers. Maybe. She-Man. Maybe. Smurfs. No. And Gem and the Holograms. They're making a movie. Yeah, I saw the thing for it. It was terrible. It has nothing to do with the way the cartoon was. I didn't figure it would. Well, I thought maybe we'll they you... would at least try and put a little bit of it in there. I'll we'll let you do a review when it comes out. I'm not going to watch it. I'll send you. Uh, I am. I'm going to say. 3D IMAX. <laughs> I'm going to say Transformers. Because I, I watched a lot of Transformers. They were more than meets the eye, though. They were. Okay, what's your favorite 80s song? Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. She Blinded Me with Science by Thomas Dolby. That's it. Eye of the Tiger, Survivor. Good choice. The Trooper, Iron Man. Iron Maiden, you mean? I mean, Iron Maiden. Yes, thank you. Iron Man. Iron Man. I do everything. I make music. I do superhero <laughs> stuff. And The Hanging Garden, The Cure. Yeah, Lee Sheedy would say The Cure. Unfortunately, mine is She Blinded Me With Science too. Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, what's in your closet? Clothes. Skeleton. No. <laughs> trench coat, all black wardrobe, shoulder pads. Well, you do have a trench coat, and I don't know about the shoulder pads. Uh, I don't have any shoulder pads now. Have I seen an all black trench coat with shoulder pads? <laughs> uh, sweater vest, t-shirts with cut-off sleeves. Sweater vest? What are you, Bill Cosby? Oh, he just wore sweaters. That's right. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll go. I won't cut off sleeves of a t-shirt because I'm not a tard. So trench coat. Which is true. I have like three. What's for breakfast? Food. <laughs> Pizza, black coffee, quiche, Nintendo cereal system. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Steak and eggs. Well, we know what yours is. What? Coffee. Well, I you yeah. I usually have <laughs> Deny it, deny it all you want. No, I, I, eat, I sometimes maker. I sometimes eat <clears throat> breakfast. But yeah, it's typically coffee. And stop from, and quit making fun of me. <laughs> Who was your favorite MTV video jockey? Martha Quinn. That's the first one, actually. Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, JJ Jackson. Nobody likes or uh, Nina Blackwood. He wasn't bad. He was just nobody's favorite. I like Nina Blackwood. Though I always thought Martha Quinn was cute. <laughs> but I'm She's going... got that pixie thing going. She does. Favorite movie of the 80s? Huh. Uh, Flash Gordon. That's a good one. E.T. The Extra Testicle. This is a movie that happens to be made in the 80s. The Blues Brothers. That's a movie that happened to be released in the 80s. As I said, he's old over. The Thing. That's a good one. But that's a movie that happened to be made in the 80s. And uh, Conan the Barbarian. That's a movie that happened to be made in the 80s. Are you sure it was made in the 80s? Yeah, it was in the 80s. They, they all say it's favorite. Oh, yeah, cause it's, no, because it's before Terminator. Yeah. So it's got to be like his, early. His early 70s, 70s movie was uh, the Hercules one. Hercules in New York yeah, City. Where he didn't actually iron. talk in it. Yeah, and Pumping Iron. I'm going Flash Gordon. Because that was a great movie. And it's calculating. And I'm Allison Reynolds. Which is? Uh, the basket case. The girl who wore all black. The Ali Sheedy. Yes, the Ali Sheedy. 
Congratulations, you're Allison Reynolds, The Basket Case. Relive your favorite memories with the Breakfast Club 30th Anniversary Edition. And that's it. Ta-da. Should I do which character from Grease am I? What animal are you like when you're angry? Fluffy what? Smash. <laughs> what was your past life according to your personality? <laughs> what your hair may say about your heart? No. It's beating. Which iconic woman are you? All right. Well, there you go. So I'm Ali Sheedy, which I said. Right. Running theme for Larry is Ali Sheedy. So at the next con, just look for the Ali Sheedy and you'll find Larry. Maybe. I'm dressed up. And Q. Hmm? Barbecue. Barbecue. Q music. was gnarly. It's like the guys actually lived through the 80s. Hope you enjoyed it, and the next episode will be filled with awe and wonder. So, tune in next week, same grody time, same bogus channel. Bye! It's really funny to hear our different things. You're trying to be nice and quiet and not do anything, and I'm over here making all kinds of noise, and I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Next season you get to edit. <laughs> okay, well nothing. You'll be over here like a tit mouse on it. <laughs> this episode of Achieving Realities of Podcast has been brought to you by Trinkies. Trinkies? Was ist das? Do you like soft sponge cake? Do you love vanilla cream filling? You do? Well, you're out of luck here, buddy. AR Foods has come up with a great new cakey type cream filled snacky thing. Trinkies! And no, it's not what Velma says when she figures something out. Trinkies are a super soft, crunchy thing that snackers will just love. Trinkies by AR Foods. Well, let, let, let's see what these are like. Um, Oh, oh, yummy. Oh, someone give me some insulin and some milk. Ugh.